Dear Arbury Road community, welcome to this podcast. This podcast is going to be quite particular as uh, we are going to have uh, lots of guests, more than usual, actually. This podcast is going to be on the startup world in Europe, Europe in the broader sense, because one of our guests, though he has uh, European citizenships, is in Switzerland. So you have seen maybe the article we published some months ago about where we try to understand how far actually the startup world is really a result of neoliberal politics or of uh, uh, public investments. And now we want to have a look beyond that, a look that focuses on experiences of people, of men working in this sector. So, and I said men and not women, because unfortunately, actually the sector is dominated by men, as we will see further on in the podcast. But first of all, I would like our guests to introduce themselves. We start from the South, which is the guests from Italy. Then we go on to our guests from Switzerland and end with a guest from Berlin, the startup city of uh, the European continent. So Giacomo, thank you very much for coming. Hi Arturo, thanks you. thank you very much for hosting this podcast first and for inviting me. You may introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'll start straightforward. Okay, great. Uh, I'm Giacomo, I'm from Italy, actually from Milan is, uh, specifically. Uh, I've been based here forever, I would say. So since I was born here, I've been studying here, I've been working here, but uh, I've been working uh, remotely, let's say for uh, different startups. First of all, I started with uh, Movit. Uh, Movit is a startup based in Israel. It was funded back in 2011-2012 and uh, it is now part of the Intel group because uh, Intel uh, bought it for something like nine, 900 uh, if I'm not wrong, something like this, a very big, big amount, something I was, I was not aware of until the, the very last day. And it was uh, great because I was 22 only when, I, when we were both and uh, I had started uh, when I was 19 there. I was a community member first. So everything started at a, at a party, you know, when uh, the managers start uh, trying to understand about the market, if they can start working there. And I joined this community, getting there and having a drink with these managers. And I understood I was so interested in understanding more the way transportation was managed in, uh, in Italy and the way uh, Movit was trying to make an user experience much better and improved for the, um, for the users of public transportation that I got super involved with them first as a volunteer and then as, as an operation manager. And still today I'm an operation manager at another startup based here in Milan, which is called Nibble working to put together a lot of workspaces for freelancers and for people now working remotely. I would pass the word to, to Bastian. Uh, actually, I think it's Martin first uh, when we go from south to north. So I would pass again to Martin for now. Right, so uh, yeah, thank you very much for the invitation. So my name is Martin. I studied um, in Lausanne and we um, started a company um, there uh, working on um, a very Swiss approach to uh, activity monitoring in buildings. We did want to be precise and uh, discreet. So we did it through uh, 
sensors that are embedded in the flooring. Um, as the company grew and is still growing, um, so we reached uh, the 50 employees mark uh, not so long ago. I'm not um, operative in that um, company anymore, and I'm embarking after my PhD in Zurich that I just fulfilled a few weeks back um, on a new startup uh, journey. So um, I hope I'll have some interesting insights for this discussion today. Okay, then I think I will continue. Uh, thanks for introducing you. Uh, be uh, nice to get to know you. Um, thanks for inviting me, uh, Arturo. Uh, my name is Bastian. I'm living in Berlin. Uh, I'm from Germany and moved to Berlin to study. Uh, to be more precise, I moved to Potsdam, uh, but lived in Berlin throughout studying. Uh, I studied IT systems engineering, so something related to software engineering, but uh, more, a bit more practical than the classic um, computer science studies. Um, and in 2019, I uh, got in very close contact with um, a startup. Uh, I was kind of the first employee. I received a public grant, which probably we will talk about later on. Um, so I received some public money um, for helping two others uh, found a company. Um, by now, they are expanded to being three founders now. And I think they have actually like 25 employees now. So they grow quite a bit since 2019 or 2020 uh, when I joined. Um, so yeah, I have some experience in anecdotal experience in uh, yeah, the early stages of the um, product development and also the um, outreach, the um, first steps towards getting both public money and private money into a startup. Um, and as Arturo also said, um, Berlin is kind of one of these cities probably where there's a lot of going, lots of going on uh, in the startup sector in Europe. So um, also right now I'm um, basically in the process of finding uh, probably a new job uh, also in the startup sector um, because I finished my studies and uh, also pursued a PhD for a short time, which I then uh, for now uh, put aside. Um, so yeah, there's probably some interesting things to tell from my side and also really to learn from you guys here in that call. So I'm very looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you for introducing yourself. Uh, now we'll start introducing uh, the data. And uh, the most important thing uh, I believe when introducing data is where can you find if, uh, it? And uh, I would like to give you an overview uh, of the strategy of the European Union, actually. That is, there is a startup European initiative, which as uh, one of the main goal has actually sharing information. Um, for example, you can find lots of information about the startups uh, in the startup projects, which is an online platform with full of data that was collected on behalf of the European uh, Commission and which can be found. Now, the strategy of the European Commission, I will just give uh, some uh, input on that, is basically the national standard which aims to uh, focus in making it easier to launch startup and expand across borders. Uh, so having a facilitated visa for talented peoples, for example. Then there is the innovation radio rather that is part of the strategy, giving access to information and knowing where to invest more to, to see also in which, which uh, actually uh, universities or which private companies may have the potential to develop a successful company. And then the disk part, that is the one less uh, self-explaining, digital startup in the Central Europe, Eastern and South Europe, uh, Eastern Europe, is actually 
to counterbalance a, a disequilibrium because at the moment in northern uh, European countries, startups is much more an issue than it is in the southern uh, Europe. So I'll ask you, and you can intervene or not interview, intervene. Have you had already some contact uh, with uh, uh, one of these uh, projects of the European Commission? You probably had, but the question is, were you aware of it uh, um, or not? From the south to the north, I'm taking the, the mic. Not in my case. In my case, no. It's completely new for me, and it's very interesting because I didn't know about it and uh, I would like to learn more about it. And I'm scared uh, we are kind of, uh, at least in, from my point of view, so someone who was like putting the startup world uh, from zero. So without any specific culture, without knowing about it before starting, um, there's much more the knowledge about, around the venture capitalism uh, form uh, from the uh, American point of view, let's say from the private point of view. And to learn about these tools, uh, it's very, very uh, enlightening because uh, it's, it's something new from uh, the, the worldwide point of view, let's say. So very interesting, but I didn't know. Maybe there is a question related to this project, which I like uh, to ask you, uh, which is all of you. Uh, have you really experienced yourself an imbalance regarding the geographical distribution of startups? I mean, do you know many startups, uh, maybe Giacomo, have you seen that in the Northern world there is more support? Uh, have you seen that there are more startups flourishing? Um, or Bastian, have, how many persons have you met maybe from Scandinavia having a startups, but not from Greek? And the same question to Martin. Did you have some relations also with other way you could really feel here there is an imbalance? Um, maybe if I if I can jump in for the for the Swiss element. So I think we have um, similar tools in Switzerland. Obviously, everything is is scaled down in terms of numbers, so things become much easier to connect and and keep uh, keep an eye on these um, events. Um, across um, Switzerland, maybe those dynamics are somewhat similar as as you would uh, expect or as you see in in, in europe it's um you can really see how important regional tools are to foster innovation and and boost uh, at least the, the the starting phase of of startups um we have um always based our uh, the, the two ideas are, are technology based so we've been in contact through let's say frameworks that are around for research and innovation which then obviously touches upon uh, European tools. Um, I would say though that we very rapidly then have to look at where markets are. So if you want to expand or grow as a Swiss startup, you look at where to grow in Europe and that then um, very rapidly um, would, depending on the product, um, guide you in one direction, either north or maybe south. But um, so in Switzerland, we have similar tools not that much of a gradient in terms of uh, of company creation, but I guess that will be different in Europe. Well, let's say that in Switzerland, it's easier also to have homogeneity as uh, there is only one state and also the surface and population are much smaller. 
Um, I just move oh. on. You can always come back if you have something to add. Well, these are just some example of projects. Basically, the European Commission, of course, doesn't take everything centralized, but it fosters actually uh, startups that, for example, uh, help connecting other startups and diffusing data. One example are uh, some example are given here in the slides for the one seeing it, but it's scale up for Europe uh, or startup free uh, X Europe. These are startups working actually on creating a better connection environment. Uh, maybe I can add something anecdotal uh, to that point um, mm -hmm. regarding the uh, Horizon 2020 founded European projects uh, that try to foster uh, the interconnected uh, development of companies, not only in one country, but maybe connected through Europe. Um, with the startup that I worked in, uh, where it was more than two years, um, we actually participated in one of these. It was called European Data Incubator, if I'm remembering it right. And it was also founded by the Horizon 2020 program. Um, it was quite a good experience because uh, we then uh, had the chance to go to Bilbao in northern Spain uh, to basically meet others there and to get connected with the program committee and the program members. Uh, so this was definitely, for me, uh, a very good experience regarding the exchange of um, yeah, contacts, of networking, and also of ideas and potentially also of investments uh, between companies and startups from not only one country, but between European countries um, as a whole. So that was some anecdotal experience that I have there. Actually, I can't really say whether there was a very big decline or difference between Northern and Southern um, startups at that um, event. I think if I remember it right, it wasn't that way that there were only like Scandinavian or Northern uh, Europe um, companies there, but it was to my mind uh, quite diverse. Um, although it's always a bit difficult to um, assess that solely on some subjective uh, matters that you might uh, use if you are there. So it would be good to have objective statistics there and to have some actual data to look at. But let's say that the fact that the uh, meeting was taking place in Bilbao may also enter in the strategy of actually uh, the European Union to counterbalance it. There is a good reason why it took place probably in Bilbao uh, and uh, not in Copenhagen. Actually, this yeah. is um, an interesting example of how well we had the idea that the market would bring together nations here in the European Union. This example shows that to bring together people, it's actually a synergy of free markets and the state intervening for such meetings. And maybe a reflection that can be further fostered by our here in the days after they hear the podcast. But let's move on. Uh, I was saying where you can find that. I already uh, mentioned the, the, uh, the, the European startup platform that you can simply find on, online financed by the European institutions. But then there is also um, the uh, startup uh, European uh, European state state of European tech report of 2021, which is referred also by the European institution edited by Atomico, which is a, a, its own a startup on its own. Um, and most of information even of this report comes from deal room deal room. Is this something that does this word mean something to you? Because it's actually um, the biggest, as far as I know, the biggest European uh, player when it comes of analysis and presentation of, of data regarding the startup world. It is used both by governments as, for example, of VCs or journalists. Apparently, you still have not encountered, but so we will, we will be prepared for the uh, next time. <laughs> So we'll jump into the data 
and I read a little bit for the hearer. Actually, here we have the first one, and we are to the issue I mentioned at the beginning. The, the data we see here is share of individuals by gender and functions, where we have as founders 86% being men, 75% of leaders being men again, uh, which encounter means 50% of the founders are women and 25% uh, only of the leaders are women. As I said, data from uh, uh, the European State of European Tech 2021, if somebody wants to go deeper in it. Now my question to you, does this data reflect your experience? It certainly does mine. As you see, uh, we are all men here at the moment. Again, I'm taking the mic from the South first. Uh, thanks for this. Uh, I, I agree. I have the same feeling and uh, while you were asking us to re reflect on this before we started the podcast I said to myself okay I cannot list a single woman uh, as a CEO uh, of a startup at the moment in like 30 seconds I cannot so this is a shame and maybe it's my limit but I cannot I want to be sincere and uh, in our particular case uh, taking my very small startup I'm working at uh, we are 14 people we have three uh, female uh, employees at the moment active and uh, let's remember we are a startup uh, very much digital based but this doesn't mean anything but maybe it doesn't mean anything in the average but in italy is something very much common for what i know so to have uh, not so many females active in a, in a startup which is mainly digital and this is a shame again um, something i wanted to add to what you said uh, arturo about uh, the, the data room the data the deal room sorry for the data is that uh, once again i'm taking as a reference the crunch base for this kind of analysis and again uh, something which is coming from the uh, us so this is maybe scary about uh, the way we we take our tools our internal tools from the let's say region point of view uh, but again three uh, answers from me all of all of them they are negative <laughs> unfortunately um, yeah, so if I can uh, chip in with information, so in preparation of today, I checked the latest figures on um, the proportion of, of female founders in, in Switzerland, um, and so we're looking at 25%, um, which is um, a, a value that has kept increasing, but so we're still roughly in the same um, waters here as, as uh, the average European number um, for, again, tech, tech companies. Um, I, um, my own personal experience, um, participating in a, in a, um, in an accelerator, um, was that, um, this figure seemed, um, uh, much more balanced during those accelerator programs. Um, in some cases, this is simply due because, um, well, there has been a quota, um, used to foster, uh, female founders. Um, but again, um, the overall numbers are 25% uh, female founders in Switzerland. Um, I can share my experiences as well. Um, the, regarding the 25%, uh, I have something about that as well, uh, because the company that I worked at, the setup is right now at 25% female um, and 75% male. So none of the founders, unfortunately, is uh, female. and still now with 25 employees, it's still only at 25% roundabout. Um, so there's definitely something, some room to improve there. Um, 
also anecdotal from my experience uh, when I was in some um, co-working spaces uh, during the time that I worked at the startup and we switched place from time to time and also were part of some kind of these incubator programs where you get a combination of some money and also a place to work at. Um, I definitely came in contact with a few startups where there were at least female founders involved. Um, I think also one or two startups actually uh, where the whole team of founders uh, were women. Um, although I do have the impression that that um, yeah the criteria of the state of European tech, as it's stated on the slide, um, regarding the focus of uh, focusing on tech or maybe even deep tech startups uh, might lead to some kind of uh, scooch numbers. Not that I want to uh, like say that they are good; they should definitely be improved. Uh, but uh, I think it depends really um, on which kind of startups and which kind of companies you look at, because if you look at these very technical and um, coming from the STEM fields, from the like uh, natural sciences fields. Uh, if you look at these startups, then unfortunately there probably is um, that very large and unfortunate, unfortunate gap, um, also due to the gap, the same gap that we basically have in people studying in these fields and by people pursuing these career paths um, as a whole. So I think some of the problems that kind of show up in these statistics and that are definitely um, that we definitely have to tackle um, are coming from very like underlying issues that should be resolved as well, uh, like allowing more people and opening up these fields um, for people to start studying in that um, direction, for instance, or to go into the um, academic or work path that leads to um, basically often founding such a startup. Uh, so I think there definitely are those problems that there is a lack of diversity and uh, I think the problems coming from very different areas and should be addressed in several areas at once. Thank you, Bastian. Actually, understanding ourselves at Abbey Road uh, as a think tank, it's very good to hear also some seeds of thoughts about how to solve the problem, which you actually gave um, now uh, uh, with your reflection about the fact that in tech, actually in tech studies, there is a concentration of, of uh, an imbalance of men and women that should be tackled, and we, this would have also consequences then on, on founders' numbers. Um, I would like also the others maybe to hear if you have some ideas, some uh, reflection, how the problem could be tackled. But before that, uh, I would just uh, like to do a question to enter a little bit more in detail to one of the things you said. Actually, Martin, you spoke of accelerator pro uh, pro programs. I'm sure to our hearers, this is uh, not uh, a program uh, known from daily life. So maybe you can spend some uh, words about it, describing how it works. Sure, so there is um, this one format in Switzerland that is basically a, a go-to program um, when you want to start really at the idea stage, uh, which is called Venture Kick. It's a three-stage process um, that in total will make you earn uh, 130,000, whereby the last chunk is 100,000 investment in the company. The first 30,000 are um, basically equity-free money. And they accompany you um, over the stretch of a year, roughly. Uh, so they really accompany you from idea to essentially um, MVP or, or first uh, customers in that sense. Um, and this really is open to uh, all fields, although there is a, I would say, a, a large uh, proportion of tech companies um, in there as well. Um, and this obviously is a tool that can um, 
let's say control the the proportion of of, of women um, in in the program um, and so this certainly has helped in in the emergence of um, uh, some uh, female founders and and uh, female CEOs in, in in those batches so it's limited to a certain number then there is another format which is in, in fact the one that helped us um, start our company um, where we really were even before the venture kick stage, which was the start um, contest in uh, in Lausanne, and this I believe maybe could also be um, somewhat of a, a seed for finding a solution here. The format of start uh, is happening on the on the campus in Lausanne, which hosts both both the business school as well as the technical university, and I believe. Um, merging different fields because in the end you might be a tech company but you will need people from all backgrounds and profiles um, merging those fields where indeed we have um, a better representation of of, uh, of women doing studies um, might be a, a good indication a good start to have more mixed teams when starting a company even um, getting let's say looking at what the initial thought was before creating a company was it um, an engineer that had a, a product in mind or was it somebody who saw a problem not forcing it with a tech background and then started a company so i believe really merging very early on different profiles in a startup weekend kind of format might help in getting at least more mixed teams both in terms of background and in terms of, um, of gender so let me further ask on this point on accelerators, then we'll uh, move uh, back to the women uh, issue and then uh, further on. So it's basically two things you're speaking. The one is really um, events organized by universities, public entities with uh, uh, to put in contact people to like awake interest of students of uh, growing minds for startups and the other is a kind of kickstart economic impulse given by public institution as well. Um, it could be defined already as a seed founding ground, so to say so Absolutely. ideas that are founded by public institutions okay. Absolutely. Yeah, then uh, Giacomo, did you have some uh, ideas how to tackle the problem of gender inequality in startups. You know, I'm coming from Italy, and this is a much more like a cultural problem from, from under many aspects. So this is the the main thing uh, that bothers me when I don't when I think about how this will be fixed up uh, in the near future. So for sure, the cultural issue will remain and uh, will take uh, long. Will take long because at the moment, for sure, STEM females there are not many, but there are more and more. So for sure, there are people who want to work in uh, in startups, uh, digital startups, and they have the, the the capabilities to do that, and they are females. Uh, maybe when they get in front of a person who should hire them, these people have the prejudice, at least in Italy, and they maybe decide to opt for a, a male figure doing the same stuff. This is maybe ugly, but it seems like it's true, and uh, it seems like it's happening. So at the moment, at least for it, the Italian market, uh, the, the, the very small I know, uh, I would say it's much more about uh, cultural change and to let people in the, let's say, in the small, medium uh, enterprises world uh, to let the managers understand they can bring uh, more females on board and they shouldn't worry about uh, small concerns like uh, the, the fact they, they might become pregnant. 
because here in Italy, this is still an issue for them and this is scary. So many things like this, they are only cultural issues and they can, just, they can be changed if we change uh, the managers and the people hiring minds. So for sure, I would put my, my focus on, on that and promoting, uh, and promoting this. Going back to the, 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 the other question, so the, the, the ways, let's say, I, I, I could see about how a startup was uh, funded. So in my case, I was uh, both lucky and unlucky to see the startup growing already when I joined. So both at Moveit and at Nibble, when I'm working now, they had already passed, uh, in Nibble's cases, a lot of series of uh, round of investments for sure. In Nibble, uh, they uh, went through the, an incubator first uh, in, back in 2018, raising uh, um, one, uh, 150 uh, key euros. And then in 2021, with private funds, um, but not seed yet. So we are still looking for the first uh, seed round, the real seed round, and this should be planned for uh, early 2023 and should be uh, for something around the two millions. But yet I'm not, uh, uh, I've never been uh, so much involved in this part, uh, in the Sapiri, but I cannot share a lot of details about it. We are going to speak about funding also further on uh, anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, of course, we have uh, actually, let's say, some more superficial problems uh, regarding only the state of uh, the, the startup uh, part, like more the technical part of daily life, where there is an imbalance of men and women, we have, uh, which is tackled actually by Boston contribution, saying, well, you should look also at, at how we can foster a technical a balance in technical studies. For example, we have the part where we have to push also a woman in the academic milieu when there is a stronger balance we have to encourage their the founding and then of course Durham, as you pointed out it's always difficult to speak of culture but let's say that there is an historical inheritance we have in europe in the whole of europe as the data is showing and we are all still in prison in some sexist kind of, of thinking and this of course reflects in the gender payback in the gender pay gap and in many other branches as well as here so we see it's a multi-layered problem that has to be tackled on, on different levels i would move on actually there is a further data uh, about uh, um, about uh, women in tech but now i would like to focus on a more positive aspect and this is actually how are startups performing in europe and here we have actually good uh, figures in 2029 also due to the pandemic which uh, although it was a disaster for economy and for many personal history it was actually pushed a lot the digital uh, the digital sector and thus also startups and we had a record of 100 billions of dollars of capitals invested invested 98 new uni unicorns um, then we can maybe define a unicorns i leave that uh, the, the pleasure to explain what a unicorn is and what is the importance of unicorns in the startup uh, and you to you um, but to give an idea how, how revolutionary this is, in the seven years, uh, uh, there were in the last seven years we had in the first seven years from 2010 we had like in Europe ten unicorns, and and the path in which they were founded increased really a, a lot. And the 98 uh, um, 
in one year is really an amazing number. So there is a, a strong acceleration taking place. Uh, and we have also a strong increase in purpose-driven startups. Now, also the word of purpose-driven has a certain importance in the startup milieu, and it's difficult to define. I would like you maybe to tell some anecdotes uh, about that. Um, exactly, there was, uh, uh, in, in the last year, there was an increase of 57% of purpose-driven. So uh, quite a big one, according to the state of European tech. So let's start again from the south, um, Giacomo. And uh, yeah, the questions are actually on the slide. Uh, and now we are eager to learn of your experiences. Again, I, you are asking an Italian one to talk about unicorns. And uh, that's funny because we have one only at the moment in Italy. And many that might be unicorns from Italy, but they move their business uh, since the beginning to other countries and mainly to other regions, so not Europe itself. So this is uh, another scary situation for our uh, market, but maybe that's okay for now. We should learn and we will learn. So time to time, and maybe we will have our unicorns in Italy as well. In the meantime, something I can tell you about the, the culture uh, around the startups here in Italy, at least, uh, is still uh, very much uh, controversial because you see people facing startups as an enemy, as a threat sometimes when you talk with them about it. And they can be uh, your colleagues at your, uh, um, at your company if you are working at a big corp. And then uh, maybe you tell this to a friend and a friend will adopt this kind of uh, point of view uh, talking about startups. So once again in Italy, it's a lot about being super conservative and about being very close, uh, in, I, I mean, close to, to, the, to the new things and close to the, the, new, uh, the new ideas. So in this case, uh, I have bad feelings again, uh, we will have to wait for, uh, for new unicorns to, to start in, in, uh, in Italy, to, to spread in Italy. By the way, uh, we see many companies are running fast now, and uh, I hope we will see many more uh, to come. One clarification before we speak uh, too much about unicorns, and we are not speaking about the animal, uh, but it's actually the definition for companies uh, that are valued sure. more than $1 billion. <laughs> so, Martin. Yeah, well, so also in preparation uh, for, for uh, our little chat here, um, so I looked at Swiss unicorns and there is a fair number, I would say the, the, the majority that is in fact related to either um, healthcare or well-being um, uh, technology, healthcare obviously here being an inheritance of the large uh, pharmaceutical industry in, in, in Switzerland, so those um, uh, apparently leave, leave space for, for small companies to, to grow very rapidly and, and reach quite rapidly a, a high valuation. Um, now, these are um, uh, also areas where, in fact, uh, the um, gender balance is, looks better than in um, other technical areas, um, where, again, we can make the correlation with also the number, uh, the, the, the figures from um, let's say the studies. Um, so you, typically, if you look at chemistry, biology or pharmacology, have a much um, uh, more balanced gender figure than, um, let's say, engineering um, uh, studies. So uh, I, I believe we can really break down 
this problem of seeing this imbalance in, 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 in founders looking at the figures um, during the studies. So yes, indeed, um, we, um, as anecdotal, um, we were literally, um, our, our first office was in a, in a very small shed just outside of uh, the campus in Lausanne, and it was maybe 100 meters away from the headquarters of MindMaze, which back in those days just became a unicorn. And this was the first uh, big, uh, the, the first unicorn then in, in, in Lausanne, I believe. And um, we certainly profited a lot from the press coverage um, uh, that, that created. Um, we could really feel a before and after mind maze in Lausanne on the campus. All of a sudden, everybody knew what the startup was, which wasn't the case. Everybody knew what a, was a, what, what a unicorn was. So that definitely uh, gave a big push to the ecosystem. Um, and at the same time, um, this allowed um, stories with, with um, um, also female founders to, to get more attention. So that was definitely a, a big push and a positive push. Um, uh, but again, it's the sector that allows for gender balance um, and not the system in itself. Um, then when it comes to purpose-driven, in fact, I'm more used to the term uh, impact-driven. Um, so I guess purpose-driven then leaves more room to interpretation to what it is. Um, but um, yeah, definitely a, a big uh, a big element here. Also, because we see more and more tools and accelerators, um, such as the Safe um, Impact um, Academy, for instance, here in Zurich, that really focuses on on impact uh, driven approaches. Um, so I believe that the, um, the the funding for those tools is what, in the end, then helps more of those impact driven companies to flourish. Whether this is a solid trend, I believe it is probably too early, but it would be obviously a good thing to see um, founders being driven by, um, for instance, um, adapting and finding solutions to climate change as one big impact. Yeah, let me, before Bastian starts with his anecdote, actually going in with uh, some thoughts about the purpose-driven or impact-driven fact. Uh, let's say that the economy, as we understood it in the last, since, since Adam Smith, so since the developing of capitalism, there is actually one driver for a company that should be doing profit. Um, so if we want to be very positive about startups, we could say that it's also a sign that maybe we're changing a little bit our mind about how the world should work, that uh, there it's not, not only about profit, but for example, also about sustainability. And so this let me go in with the first definition of purpose-driven. This word is very difficult actually to parameterize, but let's try. It's actually that the purpose, the, the, the goal of the company is not just to make profit, but there is an idea, like to solve a problem. Of course, as I said, there is a kind of, let's say I, I would call it conflict, but it's a personal opinion, of course, between how the capitalist system works and was understood until now and this purpose-driven uh, idea. And when I interviewed a founder some days ago, you can find more information on the article I really wrote about startups. He actually said that when the VC, the venture capitalists, so the investors, the people investing in the startup are private, it's difficult to remain purpose-driven. It's different if you have a state that is a kind of more idealistic. And he quotes the example of uh, uh, Airbnb, who started wanting to solve the problem in San Francisco of uh, 
houses not used and houses needed, apartments needed. And at the end, they got lots of, public, of, of, of private financing. They had to produce profit. And now, well, we know that Airbnb has not only positive effects on, on the prices in cities. Uh, it's more the opposite. Uh, so these are just some thoughts about uh, purpose-driven and a better definition. And now I'm eager to go on with the discussion. Sorry, Bastian, if I took you the word away from you. Oh, no, it's all right. Uh, thanks for the introduction of uh, purpose-driven uh, investments or impact-driven. I think it's definitely a very important and meaningful part of today's founding. Um, yeah, maybe to start with German unicorns. Um, I think there are quite some, probably more than 20. I don't know exactly. Um, and as far as I know, some of them are even competing. So there's, for instance, uh, Flink, as far as I know, and Gorillas, uh, those delivery services for um, groceries, basically. And both of them being, um, like having survived that kind of stage and both of them being unicorns and still competing against each other, to my mind leads to quite unhealthy situations from time to time because uh, visually these very hyper growth focused uh, companies have to somehow put them into the market, usually by giving discounts to customers or by somehow subsidizing um, basically the cost that they would have uh, through the investments that they get. For instance, Flixbus, one of the other unicorns did that by basically kicking the others out of the market by offering very cheap and good prices and thus gaining a lot of the market. Um, and I think when multiple startups competing in the same space reach that stage, uh, it can become, become really um, dangerous because one of them probably wants to win against the other one. And there is either a merger that one company eats the other one basically, or they continue to put more investment in and put more in to basically keep prices down to be cheaper than the alternative. Um, so I think that sometimes leads to very unhealthy market situations. Um, but yeah, as far as I said, uh, there are some interesting unicorns in Germany. Um, and regarding the purpose-driven investments, um, I'm very happy to see that, for instance, the um, Berlin Startup Stipendium grant, basically, um, that also um, I and others of the startup that I worked at received some kind of public funding um, here in Berlin has expanded its definition and uh, is now starting, for instance, to also invest in uh, one project that I know of uh, where um, people um, are basically founding a school and thus doing something in the social sector, which really doesn't fit on first sight into the classic definition of a growth and profit-oriented startup. And I think this kind of paradigm shift from solely um, commercially and solely um, financially oriented startups to startups being um, somehow bound to the environmental or social goal governance goals, like the ESG goals, um, is something that we definitely um, have to do in Europe. And it's good for me to see that it's starting to get put into practice. And I uh, definitely want to see more of that because I think it's definitely the task of our generation and of our century, basically, to get um, very good and purposeful and impactful um, organizations, be it startups or be it some other form of organization that basically solves the current goals, the current um, challenges and problems that we have regarding environment and social problems. Well, if I can just chip in a, a small comment. So impact driven indeed is, is, is based on those ESGs. And then I think this contradiction between um, seeing social impact driven startups in a capitalistic uh, uh, setting is, is that, that, that is where the contradiction is because we're trying to solve some of the problems that we created ourselves. Whereas the, uh, the climate impact driven solutions um, uh, are not forcing you that much in a contradiction, but rather highlighting that 
um, climate compatible uh, technologies can in fact be profitable. And this is typically the message of Solar Impulse Foundation here in, in Switzerland that really wants to showcase um, clean technologies that are profitable um, and then distributes labels or assigns labels to, uh, to some of those solutions. This as a, as a small side comment. Yeah, of course, we had very good that we had the comments about the node of progressive uh, state-driven politics from Berlin with an enlargement of the definition of startup and a more positive view about liberal economy and the power it can yield coming from Switzerland. And here we see the plurality of the European Union. So actually time is flying as always when we have fun. I would like maybe to have a look at the next slides awaiting us just to have, uh, well, this is just about the capital invested in, uh, in, in, in round by sites and by year. And let me say, we already discussed this a lot, uh, um, but what is the rounds? What are rounds and what are sites? Basically the financing of startups is organized in rounds and depending how much money the uh, idea uh, the company receives, it's called a seeds round, which are the smallest because it's a seed, the round A, round B, then round mega and super round and so on and so forth. Uh, but we see that uh, actually from 2017 to 2021, the investment more than by a factor four. I just go a little bit on in the presentation um, just to outline also exactly that uh, um, you can see that there is actually a, a difference also in, 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 in regions that uh, uh, actually in Germany, the, the VC uh, backed the 1 billion European tech companies, the unicorns uh, are, you said Basti, more than 20, it's actually more than 50 apparently, and a good amount uh, VC backed, so venture capitalist is uh, backed. Um, now I skip a little bit because the time is less and I would like to have a look also at this slide where we see that while the European Union is still weak in many rounds when it comes about the founding of many rounds, uh, like for example, in the mega round plus, so more than 250 uh, millions of, 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 of euros, it's, uh, uh, it's just 12% that Europe uh, takes over the world financing. We have 47% of North America, which is not surprisingly, we all know the giant uh, of digital tech coming from the USA, Asia with 39% and the rest, the rest of the world with only 2%. So when I see this, the first thing I, I think of is also, we have still a problem of uh, calling the rest of the world, rest of the world because it's economically so weak, which shows that there are strong inequality we have to tackle. But what actually I would like you to comment is also the fact that in the seed round, so in the smallest round, Europe is the strongest area according to this division. So Europe with 38% beats North America that has only 36% and 60% of Asia. This has also to do to the uh, policy, political restraint of startups of China in the last year. Um, so actually, I, I really said a lot of things now. Uh, it was a little bit how our rounds organized. If you want to further elaborate this, of course, you're welcome. Seeds, Europe is strong in seeds. That's the second in information. And the third one was a little bit where we saw fastly on the slide that there is still a 
strong geographical gradient action in Europe, uh, and that some countries perform better than the others. So I would say let's follow again the south to north uh, comments, uh, and then we close uh, down. And maybe we can do also another one if we have much to tell. But uh, all nice things have an end, we say in Germany. Well, I, I will go uh, super fast, short, and maybe rude. But uh, guys, it seems like. Um, uh, funds from Europe uh, are letting us, uh, uh, let's say, spend our money for marketing. And then uh, as soon as we are known abroad or by someone else's, uh, then we get the money from abroad, from very far away and not from our region. Uh, this is actually what's happening uh, with my very small startup. We are looking at uh, uh, another region to get uh, uh, then the Series A if everything will go very well. And uh, this is again, something very sad, but maybe I have not the correct vision because I'm not very keen on uh, the finance perspective. So I will, I will pass the mic from, from, the, from, from now. Um, well, if I can, so this, this is a, a very interesting graph, although the, 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 the previous one that showed the distribution across Europe um, it, it looks like uh, the United Kingdom has nearly double the volume or even more than double the volume um, than the second country, which is Germany. And this um, gap obviously um, is somewhat surprising um, if you think of, uh, let's say, the, the technologies that are around. Um, but it, it definitely also is um, maybe showing somehow mindset differences in those countries. Now, if we, if we come back to the distribution of the of the rounds and the, the sizes of, of uh, investment rounds. Um, I don't think it is that surprising to see that the proportion of European um, uh, rounds decreases as they increase, maybe simply because um, looking at the companies that are being founded and looking at the sizes that they desire to reach, um, typically Switzerland, just as Germany, I guess, are really typical SME companies. Um, so once they reach their maturity, which then is somewhere between 50 and 500 employees, um, that is where they can operate. And then we're not competing anymore with those mega rounds. What is surprising is indeed that the seed proportion is bigger than it is in North America, maybe because simply the North Northern Americans are skipping the seed rounds more and more. Um, so we're currently uh, embarking on a, on a startup um, journey um, that has to do with uh, meat analogs um, and, and sort of the, the food sector. And so it is very impressive to see how much um, funding um, startups obtain in the US, in quotes, simply uh, with an idea. Um, so we definitely can see first rounds exceeding 4 million for instance, essentially. It looks like American startups already start with Series A, um, as they would be defined here in that in that chart. Um, but what would be interesting is to see the proportion of, um, let's say, public and, and non-public seed money in those rounds, because there I really believe that we by now have strong tools in Europe uh, to build companies, let's say, or at least to start them. That would be my take on that. Um, yeah, I can also add a little, maybe, um, although I don't um, see um, a lot of information that I can quickly gain out of this chart. But actually, what is one thought that I have is um, that maybe 
Um, the difference, uh, the apparent difference in uh, the seed stage being quite big in Europe, bigger than maybe even in North Africa, uh, North America, and then basically decreasing by uh, we go up the ladder of Series A, Series B, and so on, might also be related to um, maybe um, something that happens from time to time, to my mind, in Europe and, for instance, in Germany as well, uh, regarding uh, digital things and tech as a whole, that there is some kind of delay, uh, which uh, maybe over time gets um, like not compensated co completely, but which just leads to some kind of um, delayed developments. And uh, I think one uh, guess, uh, basically explaining these uh, this huge decrease of uh, founding um, shares, basically starting after the seed round might be that this is something that hasn't started as early as it did start in uh, Northern America, for instance, uh, in the European countries. So there might be some development in the future where then also Series A and Series B goes up because these are just investments that might happen in a few years to the companies that have been founded a few years or maybe even this year. Um, although what uh, Martin said, I think is definitely a very good point that um, there is some focus on the small and medium-sized enterprises, the SMEs, and that they um, make up a big share or a big part of um, companies as a whole in Europe. And yeah, as Martin like, very good said, they basically reach their size at a certain point and it's, it doesn't really make sense to grow bigger from that pattern. Um, yeah, I can definitely also share uh, or like I share the opinion on what Arturo said uh, that uh, the so-called rest of the world, uh, it's very unfortunate to have that crammed in there in that very small uh, part, both like not having a further distinction and yeah, basically having that very small share is also definitely very unfortunate. Uh, so I think there's also a lot of room for improvement. Maybe something like the um, European data incubator that I talked about connecting companies throughout Europe, um, something like this, maybe that already exists, but something like this on a global scale that it would not only connect within Europe or within North America, but throughout these regions and basically form kind of um, collaborations and try to uh, bring people together from uh, those different parts could also be very interesting for basically all of the um, parts involved. Although then we still have to, uh, or quickly have to think about, uh, if you go into that part about like globalization, deglobalization, is it good to have that kind of collaboration or is it even good to have some kind of separation there? Uh, I think, yeah, a lot of interesting questions in that space, which unfortunately don't fit all into this short podcast. <laughs> the, the, the goal is, yeah. well, the goal is not to find answer, but uh, to understand which are the questions for the next 20 years for us. And uh, in that sense, Martin, uh, you want to have a last comment, but then I will close down answering some of the questions you raised. <laughs> right. So maybe just one comment is, is uh, do we have a, a good understanding as to the regional activity of VCs in Europe? Because my own experience would tell me that also VCs have regionally limited um, outreach. Um, not investing in maybe more than two or three countries in in Europe and then basically um, splitting it up and not making it a market big enough or comparable to let's say North America um, obviously this might change now with the European investment tool that is being set up but maybe this is also something that we can look at geographical activity of VCs Yes, indeed. So we have actually many, many, many exp possible explanation. And for one of your question, Martin, I have also 
kind of an answer, I hope, on the other uh, slides, uh, which I'll now pick up. But so let's let's uh, summarize a little bit the explanation, the possible explanation we give. It's the one for sure I, I share from uh, Bastian actually that it's developing. As I show the startup uh, milieu, the startup environment increased a lot in the last, year, last years in Europe. So actually we should expect our share to be simply deleted, but we should increase also in the others one. On the other part, of course, actually Europe is more a continent of SME. You said SME, maybe for the year, small and medium enterprises. Um, and this, I believe, is also good for our society, not to have just giant player, but actually many small and medium enterprises. Actually, the support strategy of the commissions and many government focus on uh, fostering this small and medium enterprises. And the startup initiative is part of this small and medium enterprises uh, initiative. So this is part of the explanation for sure um, as well. You ask also about how much of the public funding is there. I think we'll, I'll have the possibility to answer a little bit that with the last um, slide. I did not mention the, the sources uh, of uh, this year. It's European Startups, so this initiative fostered by the European uh, Commission then, then with, uh, in cooperation with private partners. Um, <clears throat> And then we had actually also the slide which you quoted, yeah, actually some information about SIFTED. It's created by SIFTED and Deal Room and supported by the European Commission in the Parliament. Here again, back to the state of the European tech report. Here you see some uh, uh, share of VC fund raised. Um, and you see that the government agencies, for example, in Central European uh, Europe, are main picking out a large percentage. We are speaking of almost 50% of funding, which is given by public institution. It is not splitted into series, which be, would be, for course, uh, of course, very interesting. But as I said, these reports are online, can be looked at, uh, and maybe there are also some more in detail information, especially the European Startup Project, as I said, um, as I mentioned before, has also interactive uh, mappings, which can be used. So, dear Abbey Road community, I think for today we are done. I hope you could uh, actually bring home uh, some seeds of thoughts about uh, how the European startup scene is. And it seems to be quite well off, better off than it was five years ago anyway. And I hope uh, that we could also reflect all together about uh, what should we be tackling, what should the politics be tackling in the next 20 years. I thank again very much uh, our guest uh, that connected uh, to us uh, from uh, uh, south to north uh, of Europe. And uh, well, I hope to hear and see you all soon.